Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Friday. It is Wolfing Down Your Lunch. And thankfully, Aaron Maloney is here, as always, because there's nobody else in the studio right now. The Wolf, I mean, it's the Aaron and Luke show, That's, right? Finally, we have taken over. So tonight, we'll see Kevin Durant play his second game in a Suns uniform as they gear up to face the Bulls in Chicago. What are your expectations for KD tonight? Do you think he'll play more minutes and have more points than he did on Wednesday? So what is it? It was 23 points in 27 minutes. I think it'll probably be right around that, don't you? I mean, I don't know if they're going to want to play him more than 27 minutes. So Um, then, I guess, will he have more points or minutes tonight? That's tough. Okay. uh, Yeah, I'm going to put them both around 25. I'm always going to go with the more points than minutes with KD, just just for the fun of it. I think um, the biggest thing is... I just want it to be something similar to what he did. And that's that's what he's been so good at in his entire career is just consistently. I mean, he showed up in his first game in two months with a new team and put up 23 points. And people are like, yeah, yeah, but he usually puts up like 30. Like, dude, it was his first game in two months with a new team. And it was 23 points, and it never looked difficult to him, nope. did it? No, and it didn't look difficult for Booker to score 37. Yeah. I, Booker's, I just think he's going to go off for the rest of the season. I really yeah. do. I, I, it, it was difficult for me to take Kevin in Kevin or Devin earlier for the Dallas game. But yeah. I still need to see it against Dallas. I mean, do you think that either tonight or on Sunday they could com- they could each score 30 points? So this is what you're, you're looking for, right? They were yes. close on uh, what's the record is 12 I think times? The, I believe so. And that's in one season? Correct. So setting... Everything aside for a second, that's definitely in play next year. 100%. Where they get to play a full season together. Um, yeah, I think one of these two games, absolutely 30 and 30 is in play every night that they both play. As long as KD plays 25 minutes, that's in play. The Suns will play the Mavericks on Sunday. So if KD plays, we're assuming he will. It'll be KD and Book versus Luka and Kyrie. Do you think this will be the Suns' first real test of the KD era? Yeah, I do for for some of the reasons that Steve and I were talking about when he was in here. Dallas, it, it felt like Dallas had figured the Suns out to a certain extent. And we talked to Kellen Olsen about this yesterday, and, and he's he's kind of been on that for a while, too. Of Not that they had the Suns solved, but they had definitely figured something out, especially defensively. And now you have Kevin Durant. That completely throws the equation and all of it out the window. And honestly, Dallas adding Kyrie changes things up, too. It makes Dallas better. But specifically the matchup with the Suns, it was getting too one-sided. And this flips it back where, where anything goes. That could easily be a first-round playoff matchup. So, yeah, I'm, I'm reading a lot this Sunday's game, whether I should or not. Which side do you think it means more to? Do you think Sunday's game to beat the Mavs means more to book? Or do you think it means more to KD to beat Kyrie? I definitely think it means more to Suns fans to beat Dallas than the other way around. Um, yeah, I don't know what Steve was talking about. It is not a full reset. Last night when I was watching the Mavericks game, yeah. I still wanted to punch Luka in the face. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to change. 
Um, no, I, I think it probably he would never say this, but I'm guessing it means more to Booker to beat Luca than KD to beat Kyrie because I feel like KD and Kyrie are still kind of friends. But yeah, this is your first game against each other after everything that didn't happen in Brooklyn, and you're only in your second, third game against. Yeah, I mean, I mean I think you it have means to remember lot. too that report that came out after the NBA trade deadline that Kyrie's a free agent this summer. And oh. not to be surprised if Kyrie tries to find his way to Phoenix. I'm not. I can't. I can't emotionally wrap my head around that yet. Well, <laughs> thankfully, you don't need to. So we actually we can't skip steps. He's with the Mavericks right now. Good. Stay there. I feel better with Kyrie on a different team as good yeah. as he is. The NFL Combine continues in Indianapolis. So what does that mean for the third overall pick? Here's NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Another interesting spot, number three for the Arizona Cardinals. We we may get quarterback bang, bang, one, two, putting the Cardinals in a perfect position. Could they take the best position player on the board? Maybe it's Will Anderson going to put on a show here behind me today. That's a possibility. New general manager Monty Austinford also was pretty clear. He's open for business as well. They're going to be prepared to pick. Again, got a great draft spot. But could that be for sale as well? Could we get quarterback, 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 one, two, three? That is going to be fascinating to watch over the course of the next couple months. So let's just say the Cardinals still have the third overall pick when the Chicago Bears are on the clock for the NFL draft at number one. Would you rather the Cardinals trade back or draft Will Anderson at number three? So say in the next couple of weeks, the Bears trade back, trade out of that number one spot. Do you want the Cardinals to keep that third overall pick for draft night and determine how the board falls to make that decision? I think you, A, I think it's close. I, I like the idea of getting Will Anderson. And again, for all that he has done in his college career, 6'4", ran a 4.640 yesterday, right? 4.60, yeah. 40. So it's not like he's like struggling at the combine either. Uh, because you could trade your second round pick for a bunch of picks. Or you, I mean, the, the Cardinals have picks to move and turn into other picks. I think a player like Will Anderson is potentially a dynamic talent. If he's going to keep showing well at the Combine and they like what they hear from him in interviews, I still like the idea of taking him. But the clip you just played that presents the idea that what if a quarterback went one, two, and three? That's in play even if the Bears trade the pick. And that's Wolf and I were kind of talking about this the other day. If somebody steals the show at the Combine that's a quarterback, like the Florida guy that you were talking about, Anthony Anthony Richardson, Richardson, yeah. yeah. Um, Or if some team really likes Will Levis, what the Cardinals have in their back pocket is the Colts picking fourth. They can leverage that with other teams. That might be the smarter thing. I just like the idea of Will Anderson on the Cardinals. Arizona State was unable to keep up with number four UCLA as they fell to the Bruins 79-61 last night. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks... Will Arizona State make the NCAA tournament? Yes or no, Luke? Okay, so I'm going to answer this, and then I'm going to answer for Wolf, okay? Because I know how he would answer. Wolf's going to be like, well, we got to see what happens tomorrow night. <laughs> that's, that's, so I'm going to say undecided. That's exactly What it. happens in the Pac-12 tournament, Luke? He's I gonna, can't answer if you can't tell me that. He's going to say, um, could I answer in a week and a half? That's, that's Wolf's answer, and then his answer would be maybe, which is not an option. I'm going to say ASU does make the NCAA tournament. Now, they might be in that, like, first four or whatever, but I'm going to vote yes. 66% of our audience say no. So jaded. 34% say yes. 
And then, quickly, Luke, the NHL trade deadline is just about 50 minutes away. The Coyotes already made a handful of moves, including shipping um, Jacob Chikrin to Ottawa. So do you think anything else could be up their sleeves? Uh, so they've traded Shane Gosses, Bear, Nick Bukestad, and Jacob Chikrin, and they've gotten in on a few other trades that just kind of grabbed Like picks. the Patrick Kane one? Yes, the Patrick Kane one where the Coyotes just got a third-round pick, even though it was a trade between the Blackhawks and the Rangers. I wouldn't rule anything out. I know teams are interested in Nick Schmaltz. Uh, he's also dealing with an injury right now. I don't think they want to trade him. I, he, him and Clayton Keller have a good thing going. So I, I wouldn't rule it out, but the three names that they have traded were the three that were expected to be traded. So it would kind of be a little a little off the uh, the radar for them to trade somebody else now. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you a thousand times, Aaron, because otherwise it would just be me here talking to myself. Uh, Shane Doan is going to join us shortly, but um, right now... Uh, and I have confirmed that Donor is on his way. Okay, that's good, because so. he was at practice, right? Yes, he, he was, was on the ice until 11.45. See, they've traded so many players, Donor has to play now. Uh, win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. Text KD to 620-620 and enter for your chance to win lower-level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder on March 8th. And you're also going to get two Kevin Durant jerseys. Can't beat that. Text KD to 620-620. Shane Doan's going to join us in 15 minutes to do the rest of the show. Up next, though, what does Kevin Ray expect to see from Kevin Durant in his second game in a Suns uniform? It is a game day, so it's game day with Kay Ray. Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pass it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. It is game day with K Ray, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line as the Phoenix Suns get set to take on the Chicago Bulls tonight at six. K Ray, what's going on, man? How we doing? Just uh, you know, enjoying a a beautiful uh, chilly day here in the windy city. No, it's, uh, I won't tell you what the weather's like here then, because you can probably. <laughs> it's definitely spring training weather outside today. I'll just I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, no, it sounds like a nice departure from the uh, from the the, the snow capped mountains that they <laughs> they dealt with a few days ago. Yeah, no, you uh, you left at just the wrong time. But you get to watch Kevin Durant and the Suns in person tonight in Chicago. So that's it. There is that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big there. Is that uh, so? Let's let's start. Since this is the first time we got to talk to you since Wednesday, let's go back to Wednesday. You know all the excitement going into that game. Yes, it was just Charlotte. It was a road game, all that. But but Kevin Durant in his first game plays twenty seven minutes, scores twenty three. But the the bigger thing to me was he just he makes it, and he's done this his whole career. He just makes it look so smooth and so easy. What were your initial impressions of him in a Suns uniform? Yeah, you know, and and we kind of talked about this on Wednesday. Um, we've we've watched and admired his his greatness, you know, on other teams, and you certainly respect it and appreciate it. But but seeing it in your team's uniform and seeing it with the collective talent that he has around him, um, you you really did just marvel. I mean, I I thought going in that he would, you know, it would be a pretty seamless fit, but. Seamless fit doesn't really even begin to describe just 
how smooth it absolutely was uh, for a guy playing his first game in, you know, nearly two months with a new team. And it just speaks to his, you know, his desire to A, fit in and just how easy of a piece he is to slide into your offense. Um, and, you know, vice versa for his teammates. Uh, you, you didn't see, I mean, there, there was a few little minor things, but really nothing, I think, on the surface that the fans were going to go like, oh, wow, that, that was odd. It was really stuff more that Monty and them were able to, to take away and look at in the film and it just speaks to i think uh, this team just scratching the surface in the victory over charlotte on wednesday night yeah scratching the surface is a great way to put it that that felt like a, a trailer for a movie you've been waiting 10 years to see um when when does this stop feeling surreal you know what i mean like when when he's out there in his son's uniform out there with devin booker and deandre ayton and chris paul tonight against the bulls it's still gonna feel kind of Surreal. There's no other way to put it. It's going to be like, wait, is this this actually happening? Yeah. I mean, look, it's a little bit like, you know, if you've if you've ever, you know, been able to slide behind the wheel of a of like a a brand new car. And I know, you know, Kevin Durant is not necessarily a brand new car, but he's a brand new car for the Suns and the Suns fans. And so I think it's going to have that new car feel and certainly that new car smell for a while, Luke, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, I, and I think that we'll even experience a, a second wave of it uh, come playoff time. It is. It's like you look out in your driveway and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I drive a Bugatti now. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> right. Exactly. You pinch yourself. Um, this It's game day with K-Ray, but K, we're not going to get to talk to you before Sunday. So I do want to skip ahead to Sunday for just a second. I know Monty Williams says don't skip steps. I'm not skipping steps, but I want to talk to you about the Sunday game because it is the Mavericks, because it is Luka, because it's Kyrie versus KD now, too. Uh, we've been talking about a lot on the show today that it felt like at some point in the last 10 months, Dallas maybe had figured out a lot of what the Suns were throwing at them. I'm assuming that's all out the window now, but what are you reading into, not even so much the result on Sunday, but just how that game plays out? Well, it's funny. We were a bunch of us were at dinner last night, and and we were talking about it. Um, and you know, there's a lot of regular season games. You go, oh, this is a big game, <clears throat> but I, I don't think you can hide from the the fact and the reality that it's a monster game. Uh, it, it's a monster game for a lot of reasons. Some of which you just pointed out with the Mavericks and. And the fact that this has, you know, been instantly turned into a rivalry with, you know, Dallas advancing past the Suns, getting to the conference finals last year. Uh, some of the chirping that's taken place between Luca, Devin, and, you know, some of the, some of the other Mavericks players. And, you know, you, you look at this team now and, oh, there's, Kevin Durant's former teammate, Kyrie Irving, now in Dallas. So this game Sunday has a number of layers to it. And I I do think that it takes on added significance for the Suns, uh, not the least of which just, you know, playoff positioning. So, yeah, not looking past the Bulls tonight, but Sunday is going to be a monstrous matchup. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, it's game day with K Ray. Uh, going back to that Wednesday game, K, you know, you, you figure the minutes are only going to get more and more scarce for some of those bench guys now that Kevin Durant is in the uh, the mix. I was a little surprised that we got to see TJ Warren for 13 minutes. He only had two points, but he was a plus 15 in the game. Does that shock you at all that TJ Warren got minutes? 
Uh, no, only because, um, and this isn't, you know, a slight at TJ, but, you know, they did not have Terrence Ross. Yeah. And so Monty was looking for some additional pop off the bench. Um, and look, TJ's still trying to, you know, fit into this offense and find his way. Um, I thought, you know, for the minutes that he played, it did, you know, did an admirable job. I mean, he was only one of five in the field, but he had a couple of, Tough two, a uh, couple of tough drives to the basket that uh, did not finish the way that I know he would have liked, and we've seen him oftentimes finish. But as you pointed out, he was plus fifteen, uh, so that speaks to what he was doing on the defensive end. Now, uh, Terrence is listed as questionable tonight, and we'll have to see if Monty is still able to work both Terrence if he does play and TJ into the mix. I, I do think that Monty is trying to find a way, but uh, you know, going back to what we said on Wednesday, there's only so many minutes for so many bodies, and he will continue, and, and some of it's certainly going to be based on the way the game is kind of unfolding. He's going to continue, I think, to, to try and keep his starters at you know, 33, 35 minutes. And one of the things he talked about after practice yesterday with Kevin, and we're not going to see a, a big jump in minutes tonight, but you know, he understands and knows that he has to prepare that starting unit and their first six guys to be ready to play 38 to 40 minutes. And like he said, you don't do that by taking steps back in minutes. So when those bench guys are on the floor, they need to maximize those minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Monty Williams did say this the other day about Kevin Durant, too, of, Basically said, I think too many players in the NBA get a lot of pressure to lead. And then he went on to say, you know, we're not asking Katie to do that. I told him he can just kind of be himself, basically. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but that's the gist of what he said. Uh, I'm interested in this dynamic, Kay, just because it, it feels Kevin Durant gets a ton of criticism. He's also gotten, he's won a lot in this league, too. So, I mean, that's just the pressure that comes with being at the level he is. But I don't feel like he has to be something he isn't on this team. I do think he leads by example, and I especially think with a guy like D.A., that might be the case. But he doesn't have to come in here and be like a cheerleader in the locker room or get in guys' faces. No. No, he absolutely doesn't. And and I think that when you look at this locker room, um, you know, Book in, in many ways is like that. Now, now, we've seen Book, you know, certainly elevate his voice at times during games, but he's not a super rah-rah guy. You know, you, you look at Book like in that little pregame, in the pregame tunnel. Uh, you know, he's not bouncing around and, you know, throwing his chest into everybody. He, he allows campaign and some of the other guys to do that. But he makes his voice heard when necessary. Same thing with Chris. Um, and I think what they have seen in a very short period of time is that Kevin works quietly, but he works extremely hard. And that is that that speaks louder than any words can or needed to be communicated. Talking to Kevin Ray, Kay, you mentioned Devin Booker there. He just casually put up 37 the other night. And <laughs> just a casual 37. Yeah, you know, no big deal. It's just a typical Wednesday night. I know it was Charlotte. I know they were missing LaMelo. Um, I know that they struggle in general, even with LaMelo. But, man, he looked open a lot. And that's what a lot of us were wondering, if, if that may be the case against the majority of teams in this league, if you're trying to cover a team with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That was a pretty good start. Yeah, you know, I, I caught up with Book after practice yesterday, and we're going to run the the interview on the uh, on the pregame show tonight with Tom and Tom. Um, but I, I, I told Book, I said, you know, I couldn't help but notice 
a huge smile on your face for much of the night. And I said, I also couldn't help but notice that, you know, it's been very rare for you to get multiple, like, wide-open looks in a game. And I said, we saw that. And it's only one game. Um, and he just kind of laughed, and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm smiling for a good reason. Uh, and as he pointed out, and we touched on it already, you know, teams are going to have to make a decision, like with their defensive rotation. Uh, who are you going to double? How, how are you going to set up your spacing? You know, we saw Charlotte try to deploy a little bit of a zone to try and neutralize that. Um, and the problem is you've got three of the, you know, not only the most talented players in the league, um, and I'll even sit, throw a fourth in there with, you know, with DeAndre Aiden, especially the way D.A. has been playing. But those three in particular, Chris, Katie, and Book, are three of the smartest players in the league. So whatever tweaks and adjustments you make, you've got three guys who, you know, you can feel pretty comfortable and confident in that will make the adjustments on the fly. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, man. Here, before we let you go, you have to play the game. that It's, it's quick. You just have to pick Kevin or Devin to lead uh, to, to score more points than the other tonight. <laughs> Kevin or Devin. Yep. Let's see. I will uh, I'll, I'll go with Book again only because he, you know, we, we saw what he did previously against the Bulls, you know, just a little 50-piece. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like maybe based on minutes with KD, and just the fact that, that Devin tends to, to love playing in big arenas like this, uh, amped up arenas like this, I'll, I'll go with, with Devin tonight. See, that makes me feel better about my answer because I went Devin and Wolf <laughs> went Kevin. So I feel like I, you gave some good reasoning behind it. All right, K-Ray, great stuff as always, man. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, take care, brother. Have a good weekend. Thanks a lot, you too. That's Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. When we come back, we are going to talk Suns, but we're going to get a very different spin on it because Shane Doan's going to join us for the rest of the show, and he'll give us his initial thoughts on what it means to the Suns to have a player like Kevin Durant join the team. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke. Shane Doan in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's been Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, we're just starting with the Canadian music right out of the gate here. The old bare naked ladies. What's up, Donor? Hey. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing good. Shane Doan is here for the next hour and a half. Not like you have 17 other jobs, and now you're uh, <laughs> doing this one. Yes, yes. Well, when Aaron calls, I always say yes. She's so much better than Jarrett, so I just automatically <laughs> just uh, say yes. <laughs> Donor coming in and just saying what we all know to be true, but just putting it right out there. Um Man, we got a lot to talk with you about, and uh, a lot has changed since the last. We did that show. What was that? That was this past summer, and it was like, hey, maybe the Suns, you know, could be in on something crazy this year. And, and, and now they have Kevin Durant on the team. How cool is that, though? Like, you, you get an opportunity to watch. I mean, an all-time great that doesn't come along very often. And when he's on your team, uh, I like your guys' promo when you ask Surrey, "Who does Kevin? Who does Kevin Durant play for?" And they repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I, it's it's crazy. It's such a the whole the whole town's behind him, and it's exciting. And what Jones has done, it's just it's incredible. You you are one of those uh, the the professional athletes that follows all the other teams in town like closely. For people that don't know that, like oh yeah, Shane Doan, yeah, okay, I'll talk hockey. But I mean, like you you follow the Suns closely. You're invested in the Cardinals, D backs, all this stuff. 
So, like, in a way, you almost get to be, like, a fan in this case of, like, they just got Kevin Durant. A hundred percent. Like, I went to a bunch of the playoff games last year, and uh, I was heartbroken when we lost. Uh, you know, Game 7 was hard to watch. And uh, I, it's just so exciting. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. It's KD. He's the guy that you... I was... You know, when he went to the Golden State, I was excited. I was a Warriors fan, kind of just. I love the way the Warriors kind of played their game, and I, I, I thought it was cool their, their whole mentality and the way that they approach it as an organization. So when they got him, I was, I was excited, um, and even all the way back to his draft when yeah. he went second. Oh, I was like, ooh, behind I Greg Oden, and I, and I love Greg Oden. Like he was, he was a guy that everyone kind of loved, and KD was kind of the guy that everyone kind of was like, oh, okay, well, at least you get somebody that's pretty good. Yeah. And then after Here's your consolation like, oh, prize. Oh, wow. That was a pretty good pick. <laughs> uh, well, now, you said it right there. He's Kevin Durant. That's how all of our sentences end. <laughs> like, we all are, like, talking, and we're like, well, you know, Mikael Bridges got Trey, okay. And then, but he's Kevin Durant. That's Like, we have a promo running that's that. It's just everybody saying, but he's Kevin Durant. And, and you say the whole name. Like, it's crazy because some of the guys that get that big, it's like, it's LeBron or it's Michael. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not saying he's quite in, but it's... You say his whole name. I don't know why, but you you do. Yeah. Like you don't just say Durant. You don't just it, it's, you don't say he's Kevin. Yeah, like that wouldn't make any no, sense. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's so cool. Um, you know, just from your experience of, of playing, you know, playing against teams like that. What I'm marveling at is the idea that they were did this mid season. You know, you do it in the off season. Okay, everybody kind of you go through the growing pains at the start of the year, and we got to see how this plays out. But they're doing this with twenty and now nineteen games left, and your first round playoff matchup, no matter who you draw in the Western Conference, is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah. And and they're obviously, hey, and I think that's part of it, too, is that it's not just a one-year thing. This isn't a rental. This isn't, you know, he's he's under contract, what, two more years after this? Good. Right? I think it's three more after three this. Three after yeah. this. And I think that's, you look, obviously, what Booker's doing and everything that he's done in the last year and a half to two years of his career where he's kind of elevated himself into that upper echelon of elite players and the top 10 players in the league. You add a guy like KD and all of a sudden it's like, holy man, we got two guys in the top 10. I, and in basketball, the fact that you can play 40 minutes a night. I mean, that's a, you got two guys that are the best people on the court, most likely for 40 minutes a night. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's unfair. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what <laughs> and, it is. And then that's not even throwing in AD and, 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 uh, and, and Chris CP. Paul. Yeah, yeah, CP3. I mean, Those two guys, like, they're incredible. Like, it's going to be, anyways. It's, it, it, we, we keep trying to not get ahead of ourselves, but what you just said right there is it. Like, you can't, most nights, the Suns are going to have the best two players on the floor. Yeah. Most nights. And one of them can always be on the floor if Monty Williams wants to put it that way. And a lo- most of the game in the playoffs, they're both going to be on the floor. And you would have said last year that that CP3 was the best player for probably 80% of the year. Definitely the first series. Yeah, and, and even before, like... So I'm actually excited because I think he's playing a little bit of possum. Like, I think there's a little bit of him. It's like, okay, you you won't question if I can do this still. Don't worry. Like, there's no way that it's he's dropped to the point where some people are talking about he's still elite and he's going to be incredible. And I think when the playoff comes, he's going to have that push because he hasn't been called on as much this year. And it's going to be fun to watch. Now you have the three of them. With the big fella in the middle, wow, it's going to be fun. He's got to, is Chris Paul 
would absolutely be the guy that donor would identify with. Of like, the guy deserves a ring. Like, here we go. Everybody's kind of like looking at the the new shiny KD and all that stuff. But you know, I think you're you're right with with Chris Paul. Like, now everybody kind of gets to to play a role that that really could work out very well. Because oh. Chris Paul gets to be you know he's he's going to be the leader. Obviously, he's been in the league longer than anybody, but. He's he's played on Team USA with KD. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good like uh, assistant leader to have there, even if he's not a traditional leader. You know, and the ability like if you leave him alone, and he, the ability for him to create his own shot is just like what he does at times at the end of games last year in the playoffs and the year before in the playoffs. Those two years, it was unbelievable. I mean, obviously, it looked like I, I'm assuming there was something else going on, and he, I mean, he's human. Like. <laughs> It's so funny because as athletes, I get watching a game and I completely forget that they're humans. That hey, there's they have a life outside of the sport. Like, yeah. They have things going on in their life outside of it that could actually affect their ability to perform on a nightly basis. And uh, and I think I'm excited to watch him and see what he does. And I can't wait. How dare you not be at exactly a hundred percent every time they throw the ball up in the air? Exactly. Uh, exactly. I, I thought what was interesting on Wednesday night is he only had two points. He didn't shoot well. He didn't. I think he was one for eight, so he really just didn't shoot well. But it wasn't noticeable because you have all these other guys that can score. Now, maybe if you're not playing Charlotte, it becomes more noticeable. But he just quietly threw out 11 assists. And I know he's done that his whole career, but that was kind of a new team on Wednesday night. Just a whole new dynamic where you have KD in there and you're still working guys in off the bench. And Chris Paul's just here. And I wonder if maybe that can be more of his role in the playoffs where you're going to need points from him sometimes, but he doesn't have to put up 22 in a game. If he gives you like 10, but he's giving you assists, you've got all these other guys that can score now. Uh, yeah, like that's the part I think that really gets everybody excited. When I, I'm excited because Monty Williams is so good at the structure of the game and developing a game plan. And Booker and KD, from everything you read, are such basketball nerds and love the sport and love the offense and love the rotation and love the way everything works. But when it comes down to it and you need to get a shot off, there's three guys on the court that on on their own will be able to. And that's when you start to get excited. Like, okay, here's the structure. Here's the game plan. This is what we're going to do. We have as good a game plan and structure as anyone because we're so well coached. But we need you to be basketball players still. And those three guys are, I mean, that's what I joke about. They're just basketball players. They make plays. They, they read and react. They're not robots. They just, they go out there and play the game the way that's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, we'll get more into this, obviously, throughout the show. Win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. That will be on March 8th, most likely. So text KD to 620-620 enter for your chance to win lower-level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder on March 8th. You'll also get two Kevin Durant jerseys. So text KD to 620-620. When we come back, what's the future of DeAndre Hopkins? It's Wolf and Luke. Shane Doan is in for Wolf, though, on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's see, we're two segments in, we're two Canadian bands in. <laughs> Aaron. I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here. If we're playing Rush as a rejoin, that's not true, we played sometimes with Wolf. But uh, there's a pretty good chance that Shane Doan is in studio and he is filling in for Wolf the rest of the day here. 
play and see. You got uh, you got the Kevin Durant stuff. You got the uh, NHL trade deadlines today. You've got uh, the Cardinals getting ready for the draft. Baseball season starting up. I'm not even going to get you started on baseball. <laughs> you were out there for spring training a couple days this week, and it's like, yeah, it feels like baseball season. Oh, but I cannot wait for that to get going. D-backs are looking pretty good. They got they got, they're one of those teams that the, everyone will be talking about. Maybe not as much this year, but you'll start to see it this year and next year will be. There's there, it feels like there's always like one or two baseball teams that kind of sneaks up on people each year that just like they come together as a team and they're not loaded. It's not the Dodgers going out and buying seven all-stars, but it kind of feels like maybe the D-backs maybe could be that team. Obviously got to wait and see. Um speaking of star players, DeAndre Hopkins his future with the uh, the Cardinals is pretty up in the air, and I think most anticipated that with the way um, last season went, and you know, just kind of the the changes this off season. This is Monty Austin Fort at the combine on Wednesday. He was asked where things stand with DeAndre Hopkins. I had a conversation with DeAndre um, and and DeAndre's represent, representative. Um, those have been very productive conversations. You know, I've I've watched from afar um, in the last ten years or whatever it's been with DeAndre, and have have been on teams that have had to compete against him. And I've seen seen the player that DeAndre is and and what he can do on the field, and I know he's tough to defend and. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's on the team. And, you know, I think with with him or with, as it goes to any player, those are situations that we'll address as they come up. Um, but I'm glad DeAndre is on the team right now, and I'm, I'm happy to be on the same team with him. I don't know, Donor, when I hear a GM give sort of a non-answer, I feel like there's <laughs> something in there. And at the very end, he said, I'm glad DeAndre Hopkins is on the team right now. So, like, he could be traded. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> I love how we read into every little line and every. Isn't it great to be on this side now? I don't know. I don't know what's he trying to say there. Is he sending us a message? Blink twice if it's a yes. Uh, you know, yeah. There's. You, you understand a new GM comes in and he wants to put his, you know, his fingerprints all over the team. And DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins is one of those guys that everyone in the league would want. So, if you can. Find somebody that makes it fit. Yeah, I, there's no question in my mind that there isn't people calling, and he's got to make sure that he hasn't closed that door. It, it reminds me now that we're talking about Hopkins of like I, I remember five, six years ago where the talk around town was that you know none of the teams trade for big name players, right? <laughs> and now it's like now I'm looking at this like okay, they just went out and got Kevin Durant, but I mean they the Suns went out and got Chris Paul, the Cardinals went out and got DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt. Uh, you know, the Coyotes went out and got Taylor Hall that one year. Like, there's the D-backs have, have started to, to make moves like that as well. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, Zachary. Like, we are now a city that does go out and, and bring in big-name uh, talent. And DeAndre Hopkins, he, he didn't disappoint. Like, missing the first six games this year was a disappointment. And who knows how the season would have gone differently. But when he was on the field... He was as good as advertised. He really was. He was that difference maker that when he's on the field, everyone on the other side knows it, and it just makes the game easier. Like it, because that that ability to cause a distraction by just lining up is makes <laughs> everyone else's job easier. And um, yeah, he was. I mean, the one cat, the the whatever the the hail mary to the end zone where he, with the picture of him with his his black glove catching the ball amongst yeah. everyone else's it was so cool um yeah he he he's done things that no one else can do and because of that he's been a guy that everyone loves here in town so what is that like when you are and, and the cardinals are their rosters kind of shredded right now anyway with so many free agents but like when you are on the team and it's the off season 
and you're hearing that one of the best players on your team might not be there when the games start back up. Like, I mean, I guess you can call him. It does. It's not even really within DeAndre Hopkins' control right now, though. So, you, if you're on the Cardinals, you're just kind of sitting and waiting. Yeah, you totally are. And and if you're uh, if you're a wide receiver, you're wondering, okay, does that mean I get a little bit, a few more touches this coming year? <laughs> That's true. And if you're a defensive player, like, are you kidding me? Like, we we got to make sure, like, we're going to have to win. You know, seven nothing each every yeah. night. So uh, it's it's I don't know. It's it's always it's always hard when uh, every player that plays is so competitive. And it's funny because people love to talk about being competitive, and the players on the teams are the most competitive people you've ever come across. And I'm not saying that it always is easy to see because. It doesn't look that way, but I promise you they're the most competitive people you've ever come across in your <laughs> life, and they want to win, and that's um, when you lose somebody that helps you win, it's it's always tough. Yeah, he's he's the guy that you could get the most for in a trade back, and I, I maybe I need to take a step back because I'm just sort of operating under the assumption he's going to get traded just because of that reason, and, and because, you know, Wolf has said this a few times on the show, like, if you are if you are trying to instill this new culture and you have a guy that doesn't practice, that's tough when you're bringing in new guys and saying everybody's got to do this and this. It, it, you can't make a special exception for Hopkins. But at the same time, for DeAndre Hopkins, you've been doing that your whole career, and you're one of the best receivers in the league. I'm sure he probably wants to go to a team like we were just saw on the TV in here, like Dallas, Kansas City. I, I, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So, But, I mean, maybe he doesn't get dealt. Um, this is Jonathan Gannon from the uh, the Combine Wednesday as well. I, I, look, if you're the head coach and you're coming in, you I'm sure he wants to keep DeAndre Hopkins, right? Makes his life a lot easier. We're yeah. looking at evaluating everybody. I know this. He's he's a premier receiver that you have to have a plan for, and he uh, severely limits you with how you have to play defense when you defend a team that he's on. So uh, look forward to getting to know Hop a little bit. And like I said, I've went against him a lot of times, played against him a lot, and um, he's a valuable asset for us. See, I haven't got to talk to you about any of this yet. Now the Cardinals have a new coach. They have have a new mindset. They're all about culture. Um, the guy that usually sits in that seat talks a lot about culture. You've, you've played, you played in the NHL. I always get this wrong. It's 21 or 22 years. 22 years. Because the one year that they didn't play still counts as a year. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, that's fair. So, okay. Um, how big is that culture when you, especially when you're, you've got a new coach and a new GM trying to build it from scratch? It matters the most. And, the identity of that culture and who you are as a group, it really, really matters. And I, I've i been around guys that, that talk about culture, and then it's not really exactly what they do. Um, and it's easy to talk about it. It's really hard to create it and then instill it and then hold on to it. And um, new guys come in. It's, I mean, every single coach that comes in is like, oh, we're going to change the culture. Yeah. We're going to, we want to win and we're going to be the hardest working team. And then we're going to, we're going to train harder and we're going to go harder. And we're going to hit harder. And we're going to, I think I'm pretty sure all those things, every single other team is planning <laughs> on doing the exact same thing. So if that's what your game plan is, you're in trouble. Yeah. It's like, been done before. It's been done and you have, and realistically, cultures, relationships and, Understanding the way that human nature works and the understanding the human element behind him. And when, <laughs> if you have a coach that gets that, then you start to have the ability to create a winning team. You combine that with someone that can understand the X's and O's and somebody that can make plays. 
now you start to have a culture of winning. And if your best players are willing to buy into that and buy into that, they need to they need to be the people that are at the top of the pyramid and setting the example for everyone. And your coaches don't have to hold their hand constantly and they do it on their own. Then your coach looks like he's created culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got out of the way. Yeah. Um, th- that is always what you just said of like everybody wants to come in. Everybody comes in and says, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But obviously everybody doesn't do yeah. it. it. It has always seemed to me like the disconnect starts to the difference between being like, yeah, this this person wants to win. And this person actually wants to like go through the process of winning. Um, the challenge I think the Cardinals are going to have is right out of the gate. They're probably going to face some adversity because you're probably not going to have your quarterback. You're in like at least like a half rebuild right now, so that at least to me would be one of the biggest challenges in in, in building a new culture. Is like, yeah, coach is all about this new culture, and we're one and four. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's where it gets tougher, right? It does, and and yet realistically, that's where your culture is formed is in those in that one and four because you don't know what you have and you don't know the type of people you have until you. Yeah, I mean, I take a line from Wolf is till you get punched in the mouth. And once you do, once you get punched <laughs> in the mouth, it's say, like, okay, let's see who responds and let's see how they respond. And if they respond the way you want, then you start to really understand, okay, this is real. This isn't, you know, a front running team that can, that can play well when, when everything's going good and your circumstances are right. That's that not to, <laughs> it's never easy to play professional sports, but when the circumstances are right, it is considerably easier than when everything's stacked against you and you still have to go out there and do things the right way. That's when you really start to see the the identity of your of your group. See, this is why we have you in here to, to say things like that. Yeah, when you're one and four, that's when you start to actually form your culture. Uh, Shane Doan's going to stick around. When we come back, we'll get back into basketball. Have the critics reached an unfair level with Kevin Durant? KD responded to some of that yesterday. We'll react to that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Shane Doan in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.